Hello and welcome to Weary Dads. I'm your host, PJ Weary, and I'm here with my co-host. Dad, and that's uh, Pete Weary. And um, today we're doing, we're, we've moved back to just voice, correct? Yes. Actually, it's been for the last couple of weeks. So oh, we're yeah. just... Because people didn't want to see us anymore. Kind of hurts. I, I have a face for podcasting. Yeah. yeah there you go. <laughs> hey, I'm going to say this. Today's sponsor is Keurig. And the reason I'm telling you this is um, we're going to talk about marriage today. One of the discussions we've had in our marriage, your mom and I, is she thought a Keurig was not going to be a good decision. Waste of money. Mm. I discussed the importance of what you make coffee, and if it sits in the pot longer than 30 minutes, it's then like licking the, an ashtray. So nobody wants to do that. So we broke down and got a Keurig, and she has never turned back. Like, I convinced her. And so Keurig provides for each of us, for those of you who don't have one, um, and if Keurig got behind us. That individual cup. Yeah, it's a great fresh cup of... Mm. Individual cup of goodness. Goodness. Gracious. Great balls of fire. So today we're talking about, um, thank you to our sponsor, yes, Keurig. Yes, Keurig, thank you. And um, today we're talking about, uh, actually we've been going through a marriage class by Paul Tripp. It's a video series, really good. Um, and we did a marriage class with a, kind of just a small community group at our church. And uh, we're now leading a, a second class. Yeah, because we did the first class thing. in June, four lessons. Yes. Met on Monday nights. Now we're meeting on Thursday nights. And we're kind of leading it. The Weary family, that is myself, obviously my wife, Lisa, uh, PJ here, and his lovely wife, Becky. So that's been fun. So we wanted to just talk about what Paul Tripp shared and what's been impactful for us. No question. And one of the things I wanted to say is, folks, I'm going to throw this tidbit in. This is way more important. Although, Keurig, if you want to get behind us, this is great. I'm going to tell you one of the best things we did. We moved here. We've been here now just over a year. We looked at uh, probably four or five ch different churches, and we began to attend a New Hope Presbyterian, which is a shameless promotion for those folks, and we would like you all th that attend a church to listen to our podcast, and we'll push that at some point. But I say that to you because here's the real truth. I think it's imperative. New couples, I see this all the time. When you make a move, you need to find a good church. You need to find people that are like-minded and that will instill uh, biblical truth and teaching, and thus we call it community, all right? Because your mind is so strong. I'm reading the book called The Positive Intelligence right now. I would not run out and say, go buy that book right now. I, I want to sift through it more. But there's some really good thoughts in it. But the mind is really powerful. And, and, and Paul tells us in Philippians, in Philippians chapter 2, let this mind be in you which was in Christ Jesus. He tells us in chapter 4, um, what sort of things, and I've said this on this podcast because it means so much to me, true, honest, just, pure, lovely, good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, what? Think on these things. And so with that said, your mind is impacted by the people often who you spend time with because you're discussing things. So PJ, from the marriage class, you mentioned this to me, jump in why you think it was important for us to find a good church and then even the extension of that with the marriage class. What have you found? Uh, I learned a lot from the marriage class, but what you're referencing we talked about earlier is probably the the biggest benefit I felt and the biggest, I wouldn't even say lesson, but just like the 
the feeling of community of um, that we are walking through our marriages together. Yeah, you're not alone. Oh man, because it just gets it can get really um, it can get really lonely, uh, especially. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, some of this is because we do work from home and I just see Becky Sue every all day, yeah, every I mean, day. And then I'm like, I'm like, this is just, you know, it's just the two of us and we're just fighting against everything. And then you're like, oh, okay. Other people have problems. Other people care about our marriage. We care about their marriage. And that, that creates bonds and ties that are, are very important and help strengthen you because your spouse, and this is a lie we're told your spouse does not complete you, right? They no. don't have all the gifts to no, make up for all your lacks. That's too much pressure on them. Right. Yeah. And, and so... Fix me. That's why it, the church you choose is really important. And I just want to address a little bit, you know, you said when you, you get first get married, no, no matter where you are, yep. you, like whether you're married or not married, yeah, yeah. you should find a church. And the thing about finding a church... Um, I don't want to suggest rushing headlong into it. Yep. You obviously should be careful and you should figure out not what you want in a church, but what, and not even what you need in a yep. church, but what God wants from the church. And then you need to adapt yourself to that. And part of the reason I say that is, um, most people I don't think immediately commit to a church, but when you do come to a church, you do need to be able to commit. And I think the biggest problem we have is a glut of churches and a lot of people who look at it and say uh they window shop from church to church i mean i can't tell you how many people i've talked to and it takes them two three years to find a church and what's really happening is it's it's about what's interesting it's about the experience it's about well what about this you don't you know, grow like, if you don't serve you don't grow if you don't serve and you don't grow if you're not part of a community for a long term like you, you it takes years for someone to really be able to speak into your life in a way that's meaningful yeah so you said something you're you're window shopping the church well meanwhile while you're window shopping a church and bouncing church to church they're just window shopping you they're not really seeing the real you they're not seeing the mannequin without uh completion right they're just yeah. seeing like the mannequin with uh they're seeing it fully clothed they're not seeing you without an arm or without a head even sometimes because we don't always think I, I don't know if that's the greatest illustration i've ever portrayed the mannequin one but i gotta tell you i've seen those it's it's like you know you can dress anything yeah. per day yeah right well and that's uh and what we'll get to this near the end but i mean that even as we're talking here about what makes good marriage the kind of thing that makes for a good marriage in many ways uh, just makes for good relationships in general. Right. There are things specific to marriage. So some of the things we talked about today will be good for, for the church that you're seeking. But I did want to, you know, obviously plug our church, but more importantly, plug the need for a church and right. for a community in your marriage. So today we're talking about, I would say, grace and truth in marriage. No question. Um, and so, and you wanted to kind of run through the different yeah, but before Mindsets. I do, can I, I'm going to throw this out. This sure. is the thing Tripp said, uh, Paul Tripp, who has been life-changing for me in his readings, pardon me, in his writings and, in, and thus reading. He said this during the marriage thing. The biggest challenge, the biggest struggle in a marriage is this. Me, 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 me. And he went for another 10 me's. Yeah. And I look at my marriage and the biggest challenge in the marriage is not my wife. And it's not stuff from the outside. It's me. It's the challenges that I bring into the marriage. It's my frustrations, my fears. Um, I don't always like that word anxiety. 
I, I think, it, but for some people, that's just so real. For me, it's more control. And I'm doing this, like I said, study, and I'm a hyper achiever and I am restless. Hmm. These were words that I were like, now, the, to the next thing. I realized that my office asked me one time, well, what do you want to do? Because I got my hands in a number of things. It's sometimes I can't, I, I'm looking to, to please other people and I'm looking for the new thing to make everybody happy. Instead of, this is what I'm bringing into the, to the marriage. This is what I'm bringing into life. So I think, and I was going to say this, instead of those things, I need to analyze me. What mm -hmm. quiets my heart in my marriage? How can I help my wife's heart be quiet? Um, and so that was a real challenge. These are the last three points he made in lesson one about marriage. And we're going to talk about them. And you're going to elaborate. He talked about three different, and I think this is really interesting from what God has allowed me to be doing as I've been reading about the mind mindset. The three are this one, a harvest mindset. And, you know, um, he actually started off with this is what's wrong with marriages. There's Genesis chapter two, God created it right. Genesis chapter three, it's broken. Uh oh. But then he said, let me remind you in second Peter, there's the gospel of grace. Okay. So, and he said, if you stayed in Genesis three, you're toast. Right. Because it's broken, but yep. because of grace. But these three mindsets, and it's a harvest mindset, which PJ, we've talked about this sowing and reaping, but what does he mean when he's saying Roots that? and fruits is yeah, another, yeah, right. yes. Yeah. And I don't know how deep we've ever got in that one, but that's I, huge. I think we did a whole episode yeah, on that. Yeah. When that comes out of your reading, I mean, I grew up with this stuff because you read Paul Tripp That's a while actually, ago. can I be honest with you? The Roots and Fruits was uh, something from Northland, Dr. Ola and Dr. Vaughn, which they might have stole from Tripp. Who knows, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's but, still good. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. But what does it mean in your marriage and actually in life to have a harvest mindset? Uh, I think it's the recognition um, that whatever you plant, you're going to, you're going, whatever you sow, you're going to reap, you're going to harvest. Yeah. So you reap what you sow, you harvest what you plant. And I think one of the things that's hardest about this is to recognize that if you sow bitterness and then you recognize that that's a problem, you're still going to reap bitterness later. And so you have to prepare yourself for the work of pulling up the bitterness later. So yep. if like you're gardening now uh, and you put out seed and you put out the wrong seed, you're going to have to deal with the results of that before you can move on. You can't, it's not, the seed just doesn't go away, even if you recognize your mistake. And so I think that's a, a big part of like marriage is a long haul organic process and recognizing that. Uh, if you plant good things, uh, and I, I've been uh, pleasantly surprised, like, you know, I've been told to do certain things and I did them and I was like, eh, I don't know if this is doing anything. And then six months later, I've been stunned. Right. But then <laughs> on the other hand, <laughs> you do things and you're like, ah, oh, it's not that big a deal. I'll just get away with this. And then six months later, I'm like, or years later, I'm like, oh, I, I screwed up. Right. You built a, a, a situation that's reaping stuff you don't want here. So it's really funny you're saying this because you built in the backyard, you know, this uh, place that you're doing some gardening and some of it's done well, some of it's not done as well, but you've learned, <laughs> but you, what the whole thing is you're learning. But right, right. And then every day when I walk by our grass and in uh, Florida folks, um, it's not my favorite grass. Okay. It's St. Augustine. I grew up in New England where you love to go out in the back and St. Augustine seems a little bit more 
prickly. I don't even know how to no, say it. No, it's definitely, it, yeah, yeah. It, it pokes you. But yeah. there's like weeds in there too. Like, mm. and I, my, my wife laughs at me because we'll go out for a walk. The first thing I do is I reach over and I'll just tell you folks, one of the things I hate most in life is weeding. It may be the whole lack of wanting to, uh, you know, bend over, put strain on my body. And, but these things will creep into your life if you don't sow. And this is why we're told in Psalm, sow to yourselves in righteousness, sow mm. righteousness. So that was the first one, the harvest. The second one was the investment mindset. And that's where he was talking about in Matthew chapter six, where your treasure is. And so how do you correlate that to marriage uh, in regards to treasure? All right. Mm. Yeah, I, I think this is, you know, your your goals and your mission and your vision. And I I have been stunned even in um as I've been doing Chasing Leviathan and interviewing people. The your go, your stated goals are important, but I think one of the things that we are often missing in our dialogue with each other is our vision of what the good life is. And I'm by that I mean that thick description. And I've I have come to realize that what people see as like what matters to them is deeply affected by what they perceive as like this is this is a restful day this is a good day mm -hmm. um so you know for me and it's it's funny i was talking to someone the other day and i'm just so used to telling people this and we had never talked about this before like what do you like to do uh, what's your favorite weather and i was like rain and they were like you like rainy days i'm like oh yeah and i curl up on the couch with a blanket and a book and they're like oh i could see that but that is fundamentally different from uh and this wasn't the same person but we we did laugh there was a, a friend of ours who went over to their house and he has a boat in, in the back yeah a small but nice boat and <laughs> this really brings like, pj joy because i said to the guy he has a beautiful view of a lake and i said you must love coming out here with a <laughs> cup of coffee and looking at the lake and he said <laughs> he said i like coming out here in the morning and looking out and seeing my boat that's like and then i said well i meant like in the morning when he goes you you gotta love looking at the lake and he said yeah i like looking at my boat <laughs> actually is we become friends with their family and his daughter um uh said to me i told her that story last night and she was just laughing um it's just true it's interesting what makes some people um, but I, I want to go back uh, I was to say that make people happy may not be the same, but I will say this. I think it, yeah, what gives ahead. you joy, you know, yeah. it's that cause it's the, it's the vision that sustains you. I want to go back to your, that statement. So you have this vision and, and, and you probably have heard me say this. Uh, my mission is, and I remember telling, you know, people have companies have missions. I wrote my own personal mission statement. I will love the Lord God with my whole heart, soul, and mind. I will disciple my wife my family and others that God brings into my life. And if you know me folks, that's how I live. And mm. I, now I can lose mission get busy doing things. But the truth is it used to be, I would love my wife, my two boys and others. Well, then God brought more crop into our bin, right? <laughs> we got uh, Becky Sue, who I want to love as a daughter-in-law as Christ would love. And then I've got two wonderful grandsons and uh, a little girl prayerfully on the way. Um, not mine, not a granddaughter. <laughs> but all, I'm saying that, folks, because that should drive your investments. Mm. That should drive, your vision and mission should drive, you said it, people's goals. That's what ought to drive it. And that's your treasure, yeah, right? That, and that's and like, that's, what, what are things that we should treasure? I think, obviously, things that are precious, 
And another thing that's really precious is time. Yeah. Where are you investing your time? Right. Things, things that will last. Where are you putting your time, your money, and your effort? And that's one that, you know, people used to say time, money, and effort. I'm like, ah, time and money, it's kind of the same. Like if you put your time to it, you put your effort. And now that, you know, with running a business and stuff, not all of my time is created equal. There's no. some times where I'm just like, I am burnt out at the end of the day. And if I give that time to my boys, it's not the same as when I am active and engaged and alert. And the truth is, that's not for a lack of trying at that moment. It's because I have, I just don't have that much more to give. And so I need to make sure that I'm not only assigning time each day to them, I need to assign time where I am active with them. Right, and I have quality, my mind is sharp. Not just quantity. Yeah. Just like I'm there. And, and I'm going to say this, I, I'm coaching a guy that sells real estate. And he had family coming into town and he said, yeah, I'm a little bit behind at work. I said, well, okay, so what do you want? You know, you got to decide. Right. Because if you make an extra five hundred dollars, mm-hmm. all right, or a thousand that week, and you all understand in real estate, that's quantitative. You know, it doesn't make sense totally. There's a like, it may be you may lose a deal, but yeah. you never see your family. What what's really matters? So well, you know, it's funny, and I I don't want to appeal solely to the financial side of it, but there is uh, one of the things I I see people not talk about, um, or you know, rarely talk about. Uh, but my father-in-law said it very well is it's cheaper to keep her. And like one of the things like, <laughs> uh, and he's, he's a, a savvy businessman. So that, that is kind of how he approaches it. But I, I, I know that he understands the ethical commitment in marriage and <laughs> yeah, the covenant was, side of it. She's not saving a few bucks by staying with her. But I think he, but I, th- but the, the point is, is like it, for him, it, when he makes those financial decisions, it's very easy, like to just be like, oh, should I, you know, I should try and make a little bit more money to go into savings and stuff. And it's like, if your marriage disintegrates and you get divorced, your financial, whatever you have in that savings is now, (laughs) we've talked about this. There's a young man that I impacted coached and he made his whole dream was to make money. And now he's half of his money's always going to go somewhere else Yeah, because of a poor decision. Yeah. All right. So harvest mindset, investment, investment mindset, and then the last one in marriage is the grace mindset. And there was a quote that Tripp mentioned. And we don't want to spend too long on this, but we wonder if we could spend a whole podcast on this. PJ, give that quote and how impactful it is in regards to marriage and parenting and relationships. Well, and I, I see this a lot um, in today's culture. Uh, I think there's been a really good emphasis on accepting and listening. And I think that's very, very important. You can't just skip to fixing things right away when it, when something's very painful, right? You have to sit and be with people, but you have to eventually move past that. Um, and that's where I, I've seen some marriages founder on, on the rocks, honestly. Mm-hmm. And what, and that's why I think, uh, I've been seeing it played out. And so when, uh, Tripp mentioned, uh, you know, he said this statement, it really stuck out to me. Grace never calls wrong right. If wrong were right, there would be no need for grace. Read it again. Folks, Grace, listen to this, meditate on it. I would even encourage you to get a piece of paper, write this one down and, and think on it. Grace never calls wrong right. If wrong were right, there would be no need for grace. 
and I was convicted by uh, Becky Sue the other day because I, I've been listening, you know, I just see like clips on the internet and I'm like, well, you know, we can't, we cannot stay a victim, right? And that doesn't mean, you know, even in that case, there has to be justice, right? You have to recognize what is truth and that's right. very important. But she looked at me and she, she looked at me, she said, it's so, it's not about not being a victim. And I'm kind of paraphrasing the conversation. He said, the core of, of the, uh, one of the main core elements of the gospel is that we are to forgive as we have been forgiven. Mm. And so the ability to utilize grace and the grace we have been given comes, uh, really, it comes from God and it, and it doesn't, it's not just us blanketing over things. It's about us recognizing things for what they are and still loving in spite of that. And if, you know, and this is like a kind of a classic thing, but like if, if you, if everyone lived by eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, the whole world would be eyeless and oh, toothless. Oh yeah, man. And so it's so important for us because if you hold on to your hurt, wherever you're at in, in your life, someone has definitely hurt you. That's just the way it is. And if you hold on to that and you do not forgive that, then you will be that person hurting other people the rest of your life. And that's the power of grace to forgive in that moment. You're a slave to that. That's really interesting. Well, I hope this has been helpful. I I want PJ to say that quote one more time and then I'm going to let him close up. But folks, meditate, think on this quote uh, today. Um, I think it'll be helpful as you strive to walk in your marriage, in your parenting, and even just your relationship with Christ. Go ahead, read it, PJ, and we'll close up with that. Grace never calls wrong right. If wrong were right, there would be no need for grace. Thankful for God's grace. Absolutely. Love Love you, Dad. See you.